This is Unfiltered, episode 99 for May 28th. 2014. Good evening. In a little over 24 hours, we will hear from Edward Snowden, the 30-year-old American who's responsible for the most staggering theft of American intelligence secrets in the modern era. We met with him midweek last week in Moscow. Tonight, a portion of our conversation with this man who introduces himself as Ed. He touches on something he's never spoken of before on camera about what he did for the U.S. government and how he describes his job, his training, his career right up until he put an end to it. Welcome to Unfilter episode 99 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris, didn't that opening clip come from television? Yeah, oh yeah. You remember the Unfilter? Here, here's the best way to sum up Unfilter right here. All right. There, I understand, man. There's a lot of good TV. Oh, really good TV. A lot of good TV. I guess good people TV. people like their Game of Thrones and, yeah. and their zombie shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what a filter does is we let you spend that time that you do have available to watch TV. Just watch the junk that you that makes you feel good because we're watching all the news feeds for you like a hawk. And then you tune in every single week and we'll tell you about the stuff that you actually need to know about. That way you go out and watch your sports ball, you go out and watch your Thrones of Games, and you don't have to feel guilty because the Unfiltered Show's got your you back. Know, from the uh, JB1 bunker of <laughs> informational studies and research and development. I like this. You know, we, uh, we we look at all the feeds from all over the globe, from all the networks, even the networks that you may not like, like Nobody the RTs and oh. the uh, Democracy Nows oh. and the, the Young Turks, Actually, all these places that you may not like. It's funny you mention those because the ones we get the most flame for are uh, like the Fox News and the Glenn Beck. But I think what we try to do is... Pull from all the edges, pull from the middle, and then we'll use, guess what, something called our brains to figure out what makes sense. Because you sometimes, you just listen to all this stuff in different contexts, and by hearing what each side is pushing for, you can sometimes derive the actual truth in the middle. I just cannot believe that you're not a lefty-righty, you know, after doing this show. You're such a righty-lefty. <laughs> Hey, so uh, something kind of crazy is happening as we're going on air, and it's left me a little bit of a funk. Are you talking about breaking news? Are you talking about like situation I, room style I'm, I'm breaking feeling, news? I'm feeling like maybe are we you, need are to... You, are you feeling that you need to bust out? Uh, you know, uh, wait, wait what, what's the guy's name? How about what's his a, name? How about a one-two combo? Uh, how about what? Wolf goes on the air when some breaking news what's, happens? What's his name again? Uh, Chase, you will be playing the role of Wolf Blitzer, right. and we are going on the air now. This is CNN Breaking News. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. Happening right now here in the Situation Room, breaking news about TrueCrypt. It's the website that is used all over the world where people can encrypt your data. We go now live to the scene situation, with our chief situation. correspondent of technology, research, and development, Chris Fisher. Chris. Hello, Chase. I'm joining you. Uh, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm on my MacBook's microphone on Skype. Yes, yes, we do see I'm you. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, encryption's broken. Everything is ruined. 
So, so what you're saying to all the Have viewers? Have you tried BitLocker? You should try BitLocker. I hear it's really good. There appears to be some problem with the delay as we're talking over uh, each other right now. So this BitLocker thing, I mean, I'm sorry, this TrueCrypt thing is yeah. absolutely it's crazy. nuts. It happened uh, just a little bit before we went on the air. Uh, the TrueCrypt website now redirects to a landing page that's hosted on SourceForge that essentially says TrueCrypt has been compromised, there's security issues, and the user should switch to BitLocker. In fact... If you download the latest release, which has been signed with a recently generated key, so it's almost absolutely, surely bogus, when you run the installer, A, it only will now give the ability to unencrypt. You cannot encrypt. And it will pop up this warning message yeah. telling you to switch to BitLocker. It's, it's like it's in the code for TrueCrypt. Wow. Uh, and wow. Uh, and what, what's, so there's multiple reasons that people are now, you know, hypothesizing what it could be, right? Yeah. Well, some people just think it's, you know, website's been hacked and the uh, keys were presumed compromised. Uh, some people think that something bad happened to the true crypt developers, like they got a takedown or have been lava bitted, and so this is sort of their way of of shutting things down and getting everybody off TrueCrypt since they've been approached. I, I'm no expert on open source and Linux yet. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're going to be doing a show about that. I thought TrueCrypt was, was open source. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is one of the things that is driven by the community. How is this? Uh, how is this now an issue? Well, uh, I mean, it could be forked. There is a known good issue, or there's a known good version that doesn't have these changes to it, um, and uh, it's still signed by the old key. And you could fork from there. It has a weird clause in its open source license uh, that is somewhat. It sounds like it wouldn't be incompatible, but I guess it it is uh, from all what right. I've read. Okay, it says that all all derivatives of TrueCrypt must attribute TrueCrypt or something like there's some sort of clause in there where you have to uh, have to give attribution in some way that's incompatible with some open source licenses. I've honestly never been too compelled to look into it until today. And since this just broke before we went on air, I haven't read it yet, but I plan to. That's one of the things I plan to look into. It's really strange. And what's interesting about it now, uh, Chase, I'm not one to just arbitrarily fry some conspiracy bacon. Now, by the way, we haven't had bacon lately. This bacon, this is the extra thick. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, Hold on, extra buddy. Extra thick yeah. bacon yeah, buddy. coming all the way from Roseville, California. So uh, there has been a lot of attention around Snowden this week. In fact, we're about to get into some of that here in a little bit. Yeah. And some of that attention has centered around his use of, guess what, Chase? What? TrueCrypt. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, uh, uh, Kashmir Hill, who has been on Plan B before, had a uh, piece that talks about crypto parties that uh, Snowden used to run. And in these crypto parties, they talk about how – oh, no, that wasn't Kashmir. That was another article. In these crypto parties, they talk about how uh, he had people in Hawaii get together, and they all set up TrueCrypt on their hard drives. And he talked uh, about how you could set up uh, plausible deniability partitions and volumes and encrypt your storage. So it's been getting a lot of attention that Edward Snowden uses TrueCrypt. So that has led some people to fry the conspiracy bacon. A lot of bacon. And say NSA approached them. They got the keys. They pressured them somehow or they're becoming pressured. Now, here's the other thing about TrueCrypt. And, in fact, Snowden even acknowledges uh, this when he during his uh, uh, encryption party, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he even gave a presentation at this party talking about TrueCrypt specifically. He said, and this was uh, his words, uh, TrueCrypt is made is not is the people who make TrueCrypt. Uh, well, I didn't get that part, but he went on to say in the in the article, the people who we don't know who made TrueCrypt. We don't actually know the people behind TrueCrypt. 
Uh, they've remained anonymous probably because of the type of software they're making and to avoid potential pressures. From unknown sources, hint, hint, NSA. Uh, but what's interesting about it all is that some people also theorize maybe this is an attempt to smoke out the developers because somebody has to come out and say, no, that's not us. Here's proof that we're one of the developers. Here's our key. Oh, some sort of like reverse psychology kind of Smoke them out. Yeah. Smoke them out. Get them out of there. Yeah. So, there I, so here's what I do know. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow we'll have more information and we'll probably talk about it in TechSnap this week. Okay. And uh, we'll follow it. We'll keep following it and we'll probably cover it in the last too because it's a pretty huge story and it covers a broad spectrum of topics. Uh, and uh, it does come all right on the heels of a ton of Snowden activity this week. A ton. A ton of Snowden activity this week. But we're not going to start there. No, 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 no. no? We're going to talk about uh, some. You remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were like, "What is the big thing that Glenn Greenwald might still have?" That's right. the The hidden trump card that he's his, still his last to hurrah. Play. He's going to play it. Well, it sounds like word is out on what it's going to be. So it's supposed to come out later this week. Ooh. Now Glenn Greenwald says he'll make his biggest revelation Shep. ever later this week, releasing the names of U.S. citizens that the NSA has targeted. In its data collection. Whoa. Program. Greenwald says he's saving the best for last, like the grand finale of a fireworks show. Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano is here. Hey, read the book it's over the, the judge. The book is called No Place to Hide. Right. And it is a description of the frenetic two-week. I do recommend the book. Uh, it, If you followed Unfiltered closely, it'll be a lot of recap with some additional details colored in. Yeah, it's a good read. Period in the lives of Glenn Greenwald and Edward Snowden, when they, with others... We're working in a hotel room in Hong Kong, and Snowden was giving Greenwald the documents that he took from NSA. Shep, on a, on a couple of those little keys that you put in the, in the, uh, in the computer, 1.7 million documents. So it took a long time. Now, that's the government's claim. Greenwald has never actually confirmed that number. That's not that that that's, number that, is that's suspect. coming from all right. That number is based on every file his user account could have conceivably had read access to. On, on the file system. So that's that, that doesn't mean he took every single one of those files. Right. He's just the so it's interesting to hear the judge sort of repeating that number that's usually he's more, uh, I don't know, maybe a little more accurate, attuned to those kinds of yeah. little details. For, for Snowden to explain to the Greenwald, Snowden uh, uh, wasn't initially disbelieved by Greenwald. Greenwald and his colleagues were skeptical, not after listening to him, not after grilling him, not after looking at the government's own documents. Now, what we're, what we're supposed to learn this week from Greenwald is who was targeted by the NSA. Okay. Greenwald has all of those documents. And these, these revelations that we've been getting every two or three weeks, they've slowed down a little bit of late, have been coming from Greenwald, not from Snowden. According to Greenwald, Snowden does not have these documents with him any longer in Mexico, or excuse me, in, in Russia. Isn't that a weird slip-up? Why would he mention Mexico? I don't know. And you know what else is really weird is during Brian Williams' intro on the NBC Nightly News yesterday, he also slipped up. Did he also say Mexico? He didn't quite finish his thought, but he started to say the wrong country and then corrected himself and said Russia. I just think that's particularly peculiar. Maybe they're not in Russia. I, are you? Frying? Oh wait, no, 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 no. Are you frying bacon? No, no, no. I don't. I don't do much bacon. Snowden. According to Greenwald, Snowden does not have these documents with him any longer in Mexico, or excuse me, in, in Russia, yeah, because totally. he was worried that some farm... Like, how do you mix that up? How do you mix up Mexico and Russia? 
foreign agents would take them from him. Greenwald has the documents, and Greenwald has been releasing them. And Greenwald said yesterday, before this week is out, I'll release the grand finale, which will surprise everyone when they see whose names are on the list, what American names are on the list that the NSA has been targeting. What has the NSA's model been? We're looking for a needle in a haystack. We want the entire haystack. So while they have targeted people, their motto has been, you ready for this? Collect it all. And if you look at Greenwald's book, which has copies of the documents in there, you'll see on the tops of those documents the NSA motto, collect it all. They want everything like about Pokemon. everybody, and they want it available for them, stored in their computers permanently. It, it is somewhat astounding that, that our that our privacy has been violated in this way and that a government would be able to collect these this private information is doesn't look very american oh good gosh it's not american at all it profoundly violates the oath that president george w bush president obama and all the people in the nsa that worked for both of them uh, undertook i could understand a government saying the only way we could keep you safe is we know everything about you but not a government governed by our constitution and not by people who took the same oath to uphold the Constitution that anybody, including me, who's ever worked for the government, has taken. Because that Constitution is superior to everything else. And those people who took that oath know it, and they're knowingly violating it. If, if they've broken their oath, what, what should happen to them? Well, <sighs> the courts would say vote them out of office. But President Bush served two terms. President Obama is halfway through his second term. So that's not a realistic uh, remedy. Look, the, the, the Constitution is only as good a restraint on the government as those in whose hands the Constitution is given for enforcement and for honoring and for respecting. It is not in good hands when the people in whose hands it, it has been placed can rampantly trample and violate it, as the NSA has been doing. So we should learn later this week. Well, I'm smiling because we may recognize many of the names oh, on that God. list. God only knows who they are, well. who it might be. I'm wondering, and I'm wondering in a big way because our next story kind of ties in. If there was a huge upset in the elite, like, you know, maybe some government officials that were on that list, we might have a shot for the U.S. Freedom Act, which has been essentially neutered, totally neutered. We might have a chance for the Senate version to pass. So I want to, this is a little bit of a meaty clip. We've talked about this in the supporter show, but there has been uh, two bills that were designed to sort of clean up the NSA, sort of. One was a Feinstein-Rogers-backed bill that actually just sort of codified and extended some of the surveillance. Then there was another bill. One of the people backing it was Wyden. And this did a lot to actually clean up the whole thing. And so what Rogers did with the help of the Obama administration behind closed doors is they worked fast to neuter the House's version of the U.S. Freedom Act, which is now passed the House. So this is an important thing. So the changes have to go back to the Senate and they have to vote on right. it. Right. Uh, and Barry has said that he won't be signing the original, but he would be willing to sign the more compromised version if they, uh, you know, uh, if it essentially passes as is. But we'll see what happens. And I'm thinking if Greenwald releases names and say, you know, Obama's on that list or Biden's on that list. Or, uh, you know, maybe Wiener's on that list. Do you think any names will be censored on the list? Like, there'll be par there'll be some names, but some names will not be released? Well, or is I this going to be an all-in-one shot? If he was willing, I really hope so. If he was willing to censor Afghanistan as one of the countries we were monitoring the calls when that seems obvious, then maybe. Uh, and I, I hope not. I, I hope that this is really is going to be his fireworks show. Because if this is shocking enough, 
if these revelations are brutal enough, then we have a shot with this U.S. Freedom Act. If it's mundane, like some of his more recent revelations have been, we may get this neutered version of it. So I want to play this for you guys. It's meaty, but you need to hear all the important details. I left it in there because there's a pretty good interview uh, that uh, talks about what's happened to this bill. The language for the bill that passed today is not exactly what was originally proposed. And now privacy advocates, technology companies, and some lawmakers are pulling their support from what they've called a watered-down version of the bill. To talk more about the USA Freedom Act, I was joined earlier by Shahid Buttar, the executive director of the Bill of Rights Defense Committee. I first asked him to talk about a major sticking point, which are these special selection terms and how, they're cha- how they've been changed from the old version to the new one. So the USA Freedom Act diverged in the Senate and the House early on, and the House version took a very different approach to curtailing NSA surveillance of telephony metadata under Section 215 of the Patriot Act. And I I mean to say that it specifically does not do much, and it quite frankly never did, about internet surveillance under Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. But with respect to the phone program, the House version introduced a specific selection term that was supposed to be a limiting factor to constrain what the NSA could collect. In the most recent versions to the bill, the, the White House and the House leadership introduced measures to essentially leave the specific selection terms not so specific. Uh, so, for instance, there's a, there's a clause there delimiting a number of specific selection terms preceded by such as, which infers that there can be others that are unspecified in the way that the government has in secret in the past interpreted this very same provision of the law, Section 215 of the Patriot Act, to enable abuses that the authors of the Patriot Act say that they're appalled by, suggest that any loose ends in the bill will be construed in the government's favor. And if- so in other words, it has loopholes just like the ones that they've been used to take advantage of to do the surveillance in the first place now. So New what loopholes. This, so what this bill does effectively is nothing. Yeah. That it, it's just for an election year. It's what it, it is. It, there are there are some there are some things, but not the important things. The bill, as currently drafted, could actually make mass surveillance even worse. Mm-hmm. So the the definition is a lot broader now. Um, well, there are a lot of concerns over how the bill actually limits transparency for tech companies in regards to government data requests. Can you talk about where it stands on that? Yeah, in the prior iterations of the bill, uh, the USA Freedom Act would have given tech companies the opportunity to disclose to their users the uh, information about the data requests in aggregate that it had received from government agencies. So it wouldn't be able to disclose, for instance, to the targets of surveillance requests the fact that they were being monitored, but it could release to the public saying, okay, we got 25 percent more government data requests last month than we did in the prior month. And those provisions were scuttled as well. Uh, at the end of the day, one of the two of the things from the USA Freedom Act saga to keep most, I think, in the front of the uh, uh, attention for your re- uh, viewers, the first is that internet surveillance is not addressed really at all. And after a year of the Snowden revelations, Congress is taking very meager steps forward, baby steps forward, and is not meaningfully addressing the problem. And it's interesting to see the Obama White House support the bill only after it was gutted in secret closed-door meetings, after it had already passed. And I want and I want to ask you about that because Rep. Zoe Lofgren is obviously uh, very been very vocal about this. She's very she's one of the few. So I wanted to get her clip in here because I think this is worth putting on the unfiltered record here. Very angered over this last version of the bill. She spoke yesterday on the House floor. Let's take a listen to what she had to say really quickly. I think it's ironic, ironic that ironic. a bill that was intended to increase transparency was secretly changed uh, between the, the committee markup 
and floor consideration, and it was altered in worrisome ways. Uh, and I'll leave the entire clip uh, for the unfiltered supporters to go grab from the scene. You know, it's so ironic that you have an administration, the Obama administration, where they campaigned on a I know idea of being open is and it, more transparent does it than still any government you? in history. Does it still surprise you, or are you like over that a little bit? I'm over it a little bit, but part of me is just like miffed. You know, we're we're I still feel it. You still feel miffed because you thought, wow, we're actually going to make some change this time. We're going to do something different. Something is different in the air. And then it's not. And then we see this. Yeah. It's I, so disappointing. I, it's I, so disappointing. Um, I, I, The way I look at that is uh, what that tells me is that when the Obama administration was running their campaign, they looked at the situation in the U.S. And they identified that a large demographic of the people – were so desperate for things to change. There's, they were so fed up with everything, and they exploited it. And they, it was a calculated recognition of that vulnerability and the conditions that caused that vulnerability, and they used that vulnerability to exploit it. And then once Obama got in office, he's pretty much see, the thing not is, lived up to any of it. See, you know, the chat, somebody in the chat room's basically uh, saying to me, you know, Obama doesn't control the entire government. Yeah. But that being said, why hold secret meetings to get bills changed? If 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 Obama and his administration is doesn't control things, why have those meetings in the first place? Because they are steering these things. They are controlling these things and they're trying to have their way push through. And it's not just Obama, it's happened with Bush, it's happened with all the previous administrations. It hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I'm not here attacking Obama because it's Obama. Okay? If it was Clinton, if it was Bush, I don't give a crap who is in there, you know, whether or not I voted for them or not. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is they are there trying to uphold, they're supposed to uphold the Constitution, and they're not. Well, I mean, I think probably, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a frustrating thing. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've explained it before. I'll just briefly kind of reiterate it. Um, I think we look at it from. I think we've been sold a certain version of how our government operates. But yeah. if you look at it from the outside, if if you want the whole world to consider the United States to be like the central core of our of the world economy, and you want us to be, you know, the the uh, sort of the rock, you you can't just have the radical model. change yeah. every four to eight years at the top level of your government. So it makes sense that essentially, you know, the inertia below is really what drives yeah. the government but, but and that top all... layer. But there are some major issues that I wish we could ultimately change. I mean, obviously, the security issues is one thing, but there should be term limits on on members of Congress. They shouldn't be able to live their basically their entire lives on the Hill. They shouldn't be. Uh, People should be voting them out. We shouldn't have record number of lobbying groups trying to you know persuade. Don't let your buddy Feinstein hear you talk like that, Chase. Don't let your buddy Feinstein talk here. You talking like that. So uh, I'll tell you something I noticed that happened yeah. this week, and I don't know if it's in light of these revelations that Greenwald's about to make, but uh, the narrative in the media once again has doubled down on Snowden. It's all about Snowden and how and he's a traitor. Brian Williams has scored this big interview, and they've been releasing clips for it. It actually airs tonight after the Unfiltered show, so we'll be monitoring tonight. And if there's anything really juicy, we'll get it in next week's episode. 
I'm telling you, this is why we need to do two weeks, two two episodes a week. Uh, but just don't talk about uh, okay, all right, all right. I'll get, I don't want to get upset again, but I'm just saying. I know it's going to be a big week this I week. I know. So here's a little preview of Brian Williams' interview with Snowden. And one of the things that people have latched on on, and Gizmodo did a real piece of crap write up about this. I mean, just really went after Snowden. Listen to him defend himself. Listen to Snowden's ego. And I feel like. Snowden, in this interview, is coming at it from a point of professional pride. You know, he had a very important role in some of these agencies, the CIA and the NSA, and the government's out there downplaying his expertise and his work. Well, I bet this gets to these guys, because there's a little bit of honor involved in there, professionalism involved there, so he gets a chance to defend himself, and now everybody's jumping on him for it, including folks on our subreddit, and to me it seems reasonable, but I'll play it, Chase, and you tell me if this is just a bunch of chest thumping, okay? Were you trained as a spy? It seems to me spies probably look a lot more like Ed Snowden and a lot less like James Bond these days. Well, it's no secret that uh, the U.S. tends to get more and better intelligence out of computers nowadays than they do out of people. Um, I was trained as a spy in sort of the traditional sense of the word in that I lived and worked undercover overseas uh, pretending to work in a job that I'm not. Uh, and even being assigned a name that was not mine. Um, But I am a technical specialist. I am a technical expert. Uh, I don't work with people. I don't recruit agents. What I do is I put systems to work for the United States. Uh, And I've done that at all levels, from, from the bottom, on the ground, all the way to the top. Now, the government might deny these things. They might frame it in certain ways and say, oh, well, you know, he's a low level analyst. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to use one position that I've had in a career here or there to distract from the totality of my experience, which is that I've worked for the Central Intelligence Agency undercover overseas. I've worked for the National Security Agency undercover overseas. And I've worked for the Defense Intelligence Agency as a lecturer at the Joint Counterintelligence Training Academy, where I developed sources and methods for keeping our information and people secure in the most hostile and dangerous environments around the world. Uh, So when they say I'm a low-level systems administrator, that I don't know what I'm talking about, I'd say it's somewhat misleading. Now, uh, as a CNN anchor put it, Chase, is he putting an excessive amount of energy in defending his position there? I would say not only that, Chris, uh, but he's uh, laying out his LinkedIn profile pretty well right now, (laughs) I I would say. So is he boasting a little too much? I I wouldn't call it boasting. I I what I feel from first hearing that is, first off, I think he's genuinely pissed off yeah. about the the, 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 the slam, how, the slam that oh yeah. he's just a junior low basically, level. Remember when Rogers dirt. Rogers even called him like basically a janitor? Yeah, I mean, he's not even work for us. I mean, yeah. he's just you know he's yeah. just a contractor. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, so when Snowden's responding the way he's responding, you know what? I understand why he's doing it. It makes him sound like a little pretentious ass, but that's okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit of bad form. And then again, though, I mean, like, he's got a chance to set the record straight when he's on the national news, right? Of course. He's got got a stage. Now, I understand why he did what he did and why he said what he said. I mean, he he was pissed. Yeah. And I think he was going off a little bit without a filter there. So Andrea Mitchell Mitchell digs in to see if she can verify some of Snowden's claims in that clip and then also has to reset us up and remind us the stories about Snowden. Who is Edward Snowden? Here's how the administration and congressional critics described him when he first exposed the secret surveillance program. Uh, no, I'm not going to be scrambling jets uh, to get a uh, 29-year-old 
hacker. <laughs> and this from the leaders of the House Intelligence Committee. I think he was lying. I think he's uh, a legend in his own mind. Uh, he That's clearly uh, has overinflated his position. That's your buddy Rogers and, uh, and his new lap boy Dutch. Uh, by the way, in the show notes this week, speaking of Rogers, uh, you can you can there. I have embedded in there all of the lies Rogers told on the floor to get the USA Freedom Act up butchered. Anyways, back to your buddy Rogers and your buddy Dutch. Has overinflated his position. He has overinflated his access, and he's even overinflated what the actual. Uh, the technology of the programs would allow one oh, to Oh, yeah, do. these programs what were does nothing. The show? From our reporting, the Defense Intelligence Agency says Snowden was a guest speaker at three of their conferences oh. on military cybersecurity, oh. including one in Japan focusing on the Chinese cyber threat. Oh. Critics and supporters acknowledge Snowden is whip smart, oh. able to get into the system, know what he was taking, cover his tracks, plot his escape. Ooh, thanks, Andrea. Isn't she great at setting it up for I us? I love those old clips. Like, oh, yeah, he, he doesn't know. We're not doing anything. No. He hasn't got anything on us. So uh, the other thing that uh, people are saying is that Snowden is pushing for clemency. And so uh, Brian says, hey, man, are, are, do you want the U.S. to forgive? Do you want to come move home? You want to stay in Russia? What's up, bud? And said that I'm doing this to serve my country. Now, whether amnesty or clemency ever becomes a possibility is not for me to say. That's a debate for the public and the government to decide. But if I could go anywhere in the world, that place would be home. How anxious are you right now to make a deal to go back? I think uh, my priority is not about myself. It's about making sure that these programs are reformed uh, and that the family that I left behind, the country that I left behind, uh, can be helped by my actions. And I will do everything I can to continue to work in the most responsible way possible uh, and to prioritize causing no harm while serving the public good. Do you believe that? I mean, when when I hear that, I want to believe him. I, I want to believe that it's not about him. I want to believe that he wants to come home, and I, I want to believe that his number his number one concern is not himself, but to get rid of these programs. Do you do you believe that? Uh, I I always I always like to keep a couple of possible Snowden scenarios um, Snowden open scenarios, to myself. Yes, I don't uh, I don't have a hard subscription to one Snowden theory. My overriding default theory is um, when he made this commitment, he essentially mentally committed the rest of his life to this to exile his life. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think he's gotten to the point, and I, I kind of grok this from reading Greenwald's book because I think he got to the point where he's like. Once I handed over the documents, my mission was accomplished, and uh, I'm I'm now just whatever happens to me happens to me. Yeah, that's one thing. I, I that's what I suspect, and I think for him, the best thing that could happen is, uh, you know, as much change as accomplished as possible. Uh, but I think even now, enough change has been accomplished that he feels it was worth it. Is my suspicion, uh, and and now they get into the coming home aspect of this. Doesn't your asylum? run out soon? The temporary asylum uh, runs out, I believe, August 1st. Will you apply for an extension? (laughs) Uh, If the asylum uh, looks like it's going to run out, then of course I would apply for an extension. Do you see yourself as a patriot? I do. 
Now, uh, that's where they cut it off. Because remember, they're teasing at this point, so then Brian comes See, back. I if someone asked me, if I did what Snowden did and someone asked me the exact same question, I would say that's not for me to decide. It's for the American public to decide whether or not I am. For me, yeah. I did what... See, here's what, how you should answer it. I would do what any real American who right. believes in our con- constitution I, would I, do. I think he sees himself as having a better understanding of what it is to be a patriot than the people who run the country do. Uh, like his username... Agreed. The username that he's used before, uh, like, the, the, like the email address he had at LavaBit, uh, the... the uh, ID he went under at his encryption parties. It is a reference to like a Greek lord who was like a civil liberties pioneer or something like. It was like it's. It, it appears based on what I can track back in his history. What he truly believes in. And he, you know, like he, uh, he seems to have like a, a pretty core fundamental beliefs uh, rooted in basically what you might say like a, a strong adhering to the Constitution. And I so I think. When you frame your belief system based on what the Constitution says, I think you're inclined to call yourself a patriot. Plus, I think a lot of people who serve in government are inclined to call themselves a patriot. I think that's kind of a natural answer for that line of work, too. Now, his view right there that he is a patriot, which he explains at greater length in the longer interview later this evening, that point proved too much today for the U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry, who, like so many other Americans, finds Snowden simply a traitor to his nation. So the Obama administration got an early screening of the interview, and then they gave Kerry a chance to respond. He's one of the many people saying if Snowden comes back to this country, it should be to face justice. What he's done is hurt his country. What he's done is, is expose for terrorists a lot of mechanisms which now affect operational security. What ab- I'm sorry, Secretary, but what about us as Americans? What about us? What about the terrorists, Chase? No, what about us? What about the terrorists? That's what he's saying. He's saying that's literally his argument, the terrorists. That's just, I mean, that's his answer to you. What about the terrorists? <laughs> For terrorists, a lot of mechanisms which now affect operations. You know, it's, it's funny, too. Like, you could almost... I'm shaking my head here in disgust. You could almost I am. T- take John Kerry Man. and uh, put him, you know, like back in the 1700s, and he could be talking about witches or uh, demons you know, like the, the way he says it, 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 it sounds like the same kind of manipulative language that people in power have been using to confuse the stupid followers for a very long time. What he's done is hurt his country. What he's done is, is expose for terrorists a lot of mechanisms which now affect operational security of those terrorists and make it harder for the United States to break up plots, harder to protect our nation. If this man is a patriot, he should stay in the United States and make his case. Patriots don't go to Russia. They don't seek asylum in Cuba. So he didn't go to Russia. He was traveling, and the U.S., specifically the State Department, pulled his passport. And he was stuck in Russia. He couldn't leave. You stuck him in Russia. You gave him to Putin. If this man is a patriot, he should stay in the United States and make his case. Patriots don't go to Russia. They don't seek asylum. Make make his case against the very government right. that is spying on us right. and not if not following the rules right. themselves. And the very government that destroyed the lives of the previous NSA whistleblowers that came in Snowden, uh, Snowden followed. Yep. Snowden watched those previous whistleblowers and learned a lesson from that. I mean, I'm sounding, obviously I'm, the, the pro-Snowden scenario is the, is the dominant narrative tonight, 
But I, I mean, this you. But, this is but, all double speak. But it's, it, but it's not just a pro Snowden and make, narrative. Oops, but but, it, but it's also I don't know how it happened. It's, it's a logical situation here, right? This look, is look at the Constitution. Look what are the rules that are supposed to be in play for the NSA, the FBI, for the CIA, all these three letter organizations, and what they've done. Okay, and then what Snowden revealed, what these organizations were doing against us when they know damn well they're not supposed to be doing. Right. And then, oh, well, what about the terrorists? Well, what about Americans that got caught in these huge nets of information? And it's like the terrorism thing is a theoretical worry. The Constitution actually exists. Right. So we are violating something that actually exists because we're afraid of something that is a theoretical thing. And they don't want that information out there because, God forbid, it is out there in the public for the people to know what they're actually doing. And well, because like the terrorists wouldn't have known they're being surveilled. Yeah. Could possibly cause the American public to, I don't know, not like it. Hello. This case. Patriots don't go to Russia. They don't seek asylum in Cuba. They don't seek asylum in Venezuela. They fight their cause here. There are many a patriot. You can go back to the Pentagon Papers with Dan okay, Ellsberg and other. Okay, all right, we get it. You know, we know you're a war hero. Well, he's saying, well, look, the Pentagon right. Papers guy didn't run, but of course, that was a very different United States government back then, too. That's very true. And made their case. Edward Snowden is a coward. He is a traitor. And he has betrayed his country. And if he wants to come home tomorrow to face the music, he can do so. Oh, really? Are you going to give him a passport back? So Kerry seems pretty really? fired up, doesn't he? He seems very upset. Yeah, and I don't know if he's just playing good politics or what, but I, NBC has a guess as to why he's so upset. It's Snowden's fault. Snowden has made it hard for our negotiations now. Now people know uh, about our spy. trade. And the anger at Edward Snowden has to do with not the theft itself, but the selective leaks that they hate, that they believe has undermined America's standing in the world. Not the spying, the leaks. And the diplomatic standing between, say, America and Germany. And think about this, Brian. John Kerry's the guy that ends up in Europe with foreign ministers who now make jokes. I'm told they sometimes make jokes when they have meetings with them. Hey, is the NSA listening? And then it makes secretary. First of all, I love that Carrie's getting ribbed with the same joke that I see on the internet all the time. I love it. I love that too. I do too. That's like the best news I've heard all week. Wait, just imagine you're in the room for a moment, Chris, that you're Carrie, okay? And I'm, say, the administrator. Hey, John Kerry. Hey, John Kerry, hey. is your NSA listening? Are you listening to me again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so, um, and, and by the way, it's not it's not the NSA and the U.S. government's fault for spying. It's that Snowden leaked the fact that we're spying on Merkel. It's not that we were spying on Merkel, it's that we leaked the fact we're spying on Merkel. And then it makes Secretary Kerry mad, it makes the entire national security staff mad, and that's why they have so much rage at Edward Snowden. Makes it tougher to do business overseas. Oh, yeah. Chuck Todd at the White House for tonight chuck thanks thanks chuck thanks chuck good work tonight chuck yeah it makes business harder um you know what makes business harder spying on people now actually makes it easier until you get caught doesn't it right then you really start pissing off some people that's part of that problem chase hey chase hey chris Uh, i want to get into um some more clips i got some more news there's a big thing that happened this week and uh it's part of that obama thing you were just talking about but before we get to that yeah we should thank our Patreon supporters because we are rocking the Patreon right now. Yeah, we're we're only uh, we're only going. Let me let me refresh this page here. Uh, uh, I, I I don't want to spend more than uh, ten minutes on this. Okay, hold geez. on. I don't want to spend oh, more than geez, ten minutes on this. Jeez Louise. Uh, 
However, we're doing great. I want to say a big thanks to all 192 of you patrons out there. You guys are believing in what we're trying to do and what yeah. we're trying to accomplish. We're up like 65 from uh, last week. and uh, A so lot of you are coming over from the old system, yep. which is great. We really appreciate that. We're trying to get everybody to move over to patreon.com slash unfiltered. This is the platform we're now using to fund the show. And what's awesome about this is you guys can see up front what the funding situation is, what our milestones are. Patreon is a new system that gives the... Uh, content creators on the internet that have sort of cropped up over the last few years, like Chase and myself, a platform that in the past we would have had to sort of build ourselves and it was kind of hobbled together. That's what that's. I mean, we launched Unfiltered before Patreon was a thing. Yeah. But if Patreon was around when we launched Unfiltered, we would have used it because it's so awesome. First of all, it gives a discussion area just for our patrons. It allows us to release exclusive content for those of you who support us. You get to see where the amounts are amounts at. It's a custom amount anywhere from like you know a few cents to up to as much as you want. The standard rate is $5. That gets you the supporter show and the BitTorrent sync and the RSS feeds and the newsletter. That's What I see is that's a little bit more than a dollar a week. Okay. And... What kind of value can you really get for a dollar a week like this? Well, like, for example— I, I, I can't find any. We've been tracking the USA Freedom Act in the supporter show now for a few weeks. Now, it comes yep. up into the big show eventually, but a lot of threads that start will, will move in and out depending on the show. So when you listen to the supporter show, you just get more context. You get the ultimate unfiltered experience, but then you also get that BitTorrent sync, which has all the so- source files— to every episode. All the clips, all the art, all the notes. If you wanted to watch the video version of something, if you wanted to hear something again, use your own, get your own clip of it, like Charlie Rose say in China, you could get in there and get that. See, that, that, that's the greatest part is not only you're getting the show, but you're getting the show plus another show plus all the bonuses. Yeah. You're getting all the great things. But not only that, when you become a patron, and this is the part that I really, really like. Uh, let, me, let me show the stream. Now, a lot of this, by the way, is for patrons only, which is kind of cool. They have their own exclusive place, but some people can go ahead and post down here, uh, you know, what they feel. And the greatest thing about this is now you can see who are your fellow members in the community yeah. and engage, and people yeah. are. And, and and you have our ear right there too. It's awesome. So uh, just a quick milestone update. Yeah. We uh, were at uh, two thousand one hundred and twenty-five dollars. We really wanted to get and thirty. Th- Chris, on thirty-three cents. You're right. Uh, we're really hoping to get to $2,500 by episode 100. That'd just be an awesome milestone for the show. But then what happens at 2500 Chris? Well, what? the show, essentially, Chase, we go a little upgrade. Uh, we have some secret plans that we might be revealing secret? that would be sort of unveiled over the summer. What? Yeah, essentially, if we have a little more funding, there's a couple of fun ideas we have in the works for the show. And we thought at $100, that would be a great spot to just mark that. And we know going forward at 100 this is the level we're playing at yeah. now. But what's really, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a long shot, but at 5 thousand on our milestone that's five thousand dollars a month of viewers out there and listeners out there of the unfiltered show pledging five dollars a month or so or maybe more we have 33 33 and more yeah we, awesome. we have we have 33 people right now in the unfiltered 33 33 Club. yeah and 33. they're gonna get they're gonna get swag yeah so right now here's the deal you guys it's all sold out you've probably noticed it's all sold out we might open slots in the future there is a link by the way that you can click on there. If yeah. someone decides to drop out of the 3333, you can get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like PAX tickets. They'll sell out in 30 minutes. Yeah. 
I mean, so and you can get right in. I really, I, and then eventually, I, if we can get to five thousand, we're gonna take unfiltered twice a week. And I am so feeling that this week, you guys. If there was ever a week for this show to be twice a week with the Greenwald stuff coming because out what later in the week, is, what happens is here's the thing. And you got the Brian Williams Brian Williams interview is tonight, happening tonight as we get off the air. As we get off the air, so we're off the air as he goes and on then, the air, and then we have to wait an entire seven days it is before we can come back again and talk about maddening. This. And so the Unfiltered show, actually from conception, was always thought of as working really well as a twice-a-week show. We want to get there. That's one of our high-end high milestones, and you guys can help us by going to patreon.com slash unfilter. If you're on PayPal or Amazon for this, please move over. Yep, please and move over now. there will soon be future Jupiter Broadcasting shows on Patreon that make it real easy. Once you already sign up for Patreon to help support our other shows, uh, and you'll hear more about that very soon, like on Monday. Yeah, Monday we got uh, well actually one not just one but two. Well, not on Monday, but not next Monday. week potentially next week. two new shows launching if everything goes as planned, and they'll both be funded by Patreon. Uh, and the idea here isn't to uh, nickel and dime everybody. No. Essentially, what, what's what we want to do on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network is get a good mix of alternate revenue sources, so that way. We're not potentially vulnerable to one source cutting us off, like an advertiser or Patreon shutting down. Like We want to be sustainable if something bad happens to either primary funding source. And so we're going to have some stuff on Patreon. We're going to have some stuff that's conventionally funded. And what we're going to do is the shows that work best for the audience-funded platform and model, those will be the shows on Patreon. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for more info on that. But please, patreon.com slash unfilter. We'd love to get to that next milestone by episode 100. That would be now, next now, week. Now, Chris, I, 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 it's next week. I don't, know if you know, I don't know if you wrote it down. Yeah. But I did write down a, a Patreon prediction. Not not for the amount, but the number of patrons. Because oh, I, I don't know if I did write it down. Did you not write it down? Well, because one of the things that I like to do is I, I like to make predictions. I, I messed up on my Reddit prediction. I didn't, I didn't write it down. That's right. But here's the thing. we got 192 patrons. I'd love to see that go over to... So here's the thing. You can become a patron. Yeah, five bucks a month, you get all those extras. But if you can't afford five, you can make it a dollar. You can make it a dollar a month. You can make it $2 a month. $2.33. And by the way, thanks to you patrons who are constantly changing your pledge. Yeah, that's great. Get people uh, to keep it right at 33. And uh, just a shout out to all the patrons. Just let you guys know, since June is just around the corner, the uh, the the uh, payments will be charged very soon, so yes. be ready for that. Yeah, so it's a great time to jump in right now. So you get you can be there at the beginning of the month. Yep. Uh, so last chance to get in there right now. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We'd love to get to the next milestone by episode one hundred. It'd be kind of a, a real great boost and vote of confidence for the long term viability of our show. Yeah, uh, you know it. you know what I think. What's that, Chase? Oh, uh, you know what? That's going to be a surprise. I don't want to say it on the air. Oh, but something special. I think we should do for one hundred. I don't know what it should be, okay. but we should do something. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're a busy man now, so we got to work within that. But we can figure something. We can out. figure something out. All right. So I want to talk about Afghanistan for a little bit. We'll probably move pretty quick through this, but there's some things I want to cover. First of all, did you hear about the outing of the CIA agent? The yeah, station it, chief? it was during a press conference. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, oh, we they redacted it. Ob- but too late. O- Obama went. To, so before we get too far into Afghanistan, I want to ha- I want to talk about what happened on Memorial Day of this week. Uh, President flew all the way to Afghanistan over the, the weekend, but most people are not talking about the trip. They're talking about this significant snafu when the White House released the name of the CIA's station chief to hundreds of reporters. It's now asking the press not to publish the <laughs> name. We're not going to do that either. Yeah, you can actually you can go online and find it. I've seen it, um, and I've seen pictures of the guy. So his identity is definitely out oh, there. Jeez. 
So the way this works is uh, now here's here's supposedly the chain. You of know events. what we know? We need to get this traitor on trial. We need to make sure that they are not hiding in Russia or Cuba. <laughs> and we get them get them on. Uh, no, so I'm it's sorry. funny because um, I guess the initial list of names came from the military. Then they gave it to a White, uh, White, uh, White House press person who then released it to the pool. Then it was one of the reporters who noticed the name and alerted the White House. Oh, jeez. And then they all had to work together to redact it. Uh, and uh, so while we're on the Afghan, we're on the Afghanistan thread, it was announced uh, today. We got all the details on Obama's plan to draw down in Afghanistan the troops. And bring him home. Bring him home. Declaring the combat mission in Afghanistan over. By the end of the year, President Obama laid out the final chapter for the nation's longest war. The bottom line is, it's time to turn the page on more than a decade in which so much of our foreign policy was focused on the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Beyond 2014, a small residual force will be limited to training Afghan fighters in counter-terror operations. Under the president's plan, there will be just 9,800 U.S. forces next year, about half that by 2016, and embassy security only in the Afghan capital as President Obama prepares to leave office. Mr. Obama's proposal stopped short of the full withdrawal he promised voters in 2012. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this another broken promise? There it is right there. We'll have them all out of there by 2014. Not only that, but we're going to shut down Gitmo. We're going to shut it down. So, uh, but this, this, even this much is no good, according to McCain, Graham. In a statement, three key GOP senators called the president's plan a monumental mistake. Oh, triumph of politics over strategy. A monumental mistake because why? He was doing exactly what the Pentagon wanted. Time to turn the page in U.S. foreign policy. When he entered office, there were over 180,000 U.S. troops serving in Afghanistan, in Iraq. He has ended the war in Iraq and now wants to end the war in Afghanistan Mission accomplished. on his terms. David Martin is at the Pentagon. And, David, what are commanders saying about this plan? Is it? It's ironic that she said on his terms because his original terms were to have everybody out by, by 2014. Yeah. And the Pentagon comes along and says, hey, man. How about instead of taking all their troops out, how about we leave like 10,000? Hey. Ambitious. Well, the Pentagon is getting exactly what it asked for. The commander in Afghanistan, uh, General Joseph Dunford, had requested 10,000 American troops stay past 2014 on the condition that they'd be out in two years. They got 9,800 on the condition that they'd be out in two years. So it is... Uh, almost exactly what the military had been requesting and very different from some of the other options that had been before the president, which would have taken the number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan down to uh, as low as 3,000. So we had proposals all the way from zero to 3,000. The Pentagon wanted 10,000. They got 9,800. Now, you might have noticed it's only for two years. Now, why would it only be for two years? Why is that? The White House proposal hinges on a new security agreement with Afghan leaders. Afghanistan's current president, Hamid Karzai, has refused to sign it, leaving it to the two men vying to replace him to seal the deal. Not my problem. Two final Afghan candidates in the runoff election for president have each indicated that they would sign this agreement promptly after taking office. 
So I'm hopeful that we can get this done. How convenient. They've got both candidates. So essentially, this security arrangement agreement indemnifies U.S. soldiers for some of the uh, bad things. Yes. And so uh, Karzai's been like, I might be taking your bags of cash, but I do not want to sign that. Next guy's problem. Next guy comes in. Of course, he wants to smooth this yeah. over. And, of course, because his administration's backed by the U.S., of course, he's going to want to keep that security force there because that's what keeps his power in check. How many uh, independent uh, private security contractors are oh, going to remain? Great question, right? So we're going to yeah. we got ninety eight hundred troops. I I got to imagine what do you want to take a guess? Maybe say ten thousand contractors, gonna, maybe higher. Say, I was going to say twenty to yeah. twenty five thousand. Yeah, I can and, see and it. Just because what's going to happen is the the money's just going to change hands from a private. Pro, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, uh, public tracking to a private mm-hmm. tracking where we're not going to hear about it. It's it's going to be completely under the rug. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, of course now what they say is well we've learned our lesson. See when we pulled out of Iraq, it just led to a whole bunch of violence. So now we know we can't pull out. And Obama says, look. Oh, look, this is how you do it in the 21st century is you go in, you roll them, you get a new government elected that you support, and then you leave your troops behind is essentially what he said in his press conference. That's how you that's how you do it now in the 21st century. That's what he said. Well, it only it's only prudent. It's only prudent, Chase. It's only prudent. So I hit the show notes this week, you guys. We got uh, details about all of this in there, um, (laughs) including more information about that CIA outing. But, you know, Chase. We do like to end on a high note. Yes. And this week something funny happened. I don't know so, if you... So the FBI... Yeah. Can, they're, they're having a hard time, Chase. They're, they're having some recruiting issues. And what they're potentially thinking about doing, Chris, is changing the policy in regards to marijuana. The Federal Bureau of Investigation may be expanding its future workforce into the pot-smoking population that just might be able to fight America's cyber villains. Currently, prospective candidates for FBI jobs are encouraged to answer a few background clearance questions. Be truthful. They're eligible for a job at the agency. No. (laughs) One of them is whether you've used marijuana at all within the last three years. Yeah. That used to be kind of a deal breaker. But FBI Director James Comey may have had a change of heart with the authority to hire 2,000 new employees this year, most of whom will be fighting cybercrime. Mr. Comey is now faced with a population of young computer programmers and hackers, many of whom have an affinity for pot. At an annual conference for the White Collar Crime Institute, the FBI director said, I have to hire a great workforce to compete with those cyber criminals, and some of those kids want to smoke weed on the way to the interview. (laughs) So Comey says the FBI is grappling with the question of losing its no-tolerance policy so the country can hire the best of the best. There you go. The best of the best. Now, when I heard that, I was like, are you telling me the director of the FBI said that he wants to loosen his what? And I thought, this is another example of an Obama administration official or somebody high up in the government sort of signaling a looser stance on on, on, on cannabis. I can't believe this. Well, guess what? Neither could Senator Jeff Sessions. I can't actually pronounce his last name. And so he asked the FBI director during a session that was being held, and he wasn't too happy about it. So he got, uh, he got, a, little, he got, a, he got a little bit in the hot seat, I'd say. I'm concerned about a few things, and I want you to get a little perspective here. I, I was very disappointed at a Wall Street Journal article May 20th in which you uh, seem to make light of marijuana use by those who'd like to work for the FBI. Um, you say, I have to hire a great workforce to compete with those cyber criminals, and some of those kids want to smoke weed on the way to the interview. Uh, you say you've got to loosen up way? your to- no-tolerance mm-hmm. policy, which is just a three-year 
haven't used marijuana in three years. Do you understand that that could be interpreted as one more example of leadership in America dismissing the seriousness of marijuana use, and that could uh, undermine uh, our ability to convince young people not to uh, go down a dangerous path? Uh, very much, Senator. I, I am determined uh, not to lose my sense of humor. <laughs> uh, he said he's just trying to make a little joke, but uh, that quote was pretty extensive. We have the full quote linked in the show notes. Uh, he Here, ta- here's the thing. I mean, we don't need to regurgitate all the studies that have been done about marijuana use and how it's a, a, a benefited no, many different I, ways. I just thought it was particularly no, interesting that his was, point was— Yeah, I was going to say. Go ahead. His point was is that these— uh, these particular types of skill sets that he's going after in this demographic of people, the marijuana usage is exceedingly high, and they have to hire, get ready for this, 2,000, 2,000 uh, new FBI agents, and most of which will be working in the FBI cybersecurity division. But they're all smoking weed. He's got to hire 2,000 people, and he can't find people who aren't smoking weed. Here's what I predict, and I know this is going to be off the record for the FBI, of course, but what will happen is they will silently remove the question from the questionnaire. But there's still drug testing involved. Right, but here's the thing. Of course there's going to be drug testing involved. I wonder if they'll just go with contractors. That's what I was thinking. No, but no, I think what will happen is they'll, they'll, they'll conveniently remove the question. They'll still have the drug testing, but they won't disqualify a candidate if they see just marijuana on the drug test. They'll just overlook it. They won't even mention it. They won't even talk about it. It'll be swept under the rug like the Kinect will be on the Xbox One. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, so I was watching that same hearing to grab that clip. Uh, I'm y- sorry, by the way. Your buddy. My buddy. Yeah, it was a long-ass interview. I a- know. Your buddy, Lindsey Graham, sits down. Oh, Lindsey. How's he doing? And uh, he fires off a, a quick, a couple of rapid-fire questions, and I'm like, and my, my, my whole time I'm listening to him go is, why is he asking these things? What is this leading to? Uh, do you believe that based on certain actions, a U.S. citizen could become an enemy combatant under the law of war? Now, you, you could just feel the tension. He's just a, yeah, he's like, uh, um, and like, it's just out of the blue, too. I don't think I'm expert enough to answer that sitting here. This was an interesting um, answer he gave from time to time when he got a hard question. He would couch it as, I'm not sure I can answer that sitting here right now. That could be confidential. That could be he's not qualified. Or I have to get the script to make sure that I'm reading the right talking right, points. Right, right. From- combatant under the law of war. I don't think I'm expert enough to answer that sitting here. Okay, fair enough. If you could get back with me about that. My view is that they can. In every other war, you've had Americans side with the enemy and they've been treated as enemies. The reason my hesitation is when I was Deputy Attorney General, I know there were at least one or two who were Mm -hmm. held under that authority, but I don't know the current state of the law. That's good. That's that's fine. If you could just get back to me. I think these are big policy issues. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that homegrown terrorism is one of the things that keep you up at, at night? Okay, I, I, I love this question so much. Night? So this is a term they use a lot. Uh, you hear them talking, talking about the keep you up at night, the, the yeah, 3 a.m. phone yeah. call? Yeah, Janet Napolitano started it, and since Janet Napolitano started using it, uh, since then everybody's used it. And the question is such a softball. Do you agree that homegrown terrorism keeps you up at night? Is what he asks him. That's what he asks him. And that's such a great question. He use it. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that homegrown terrorism is one of the things that keep you up at, at night? No, yes. no. 
and oh, that the enemy is actively trying to penetrate our backyard, recruiting American citizens. That's a double entendre. And and who is the enemy? Is the enemy the oh, uh, homegrown geez. terrorist? Is the who is the enemy exactly? Now, what's interesting is today, uh, big news out of Syria: a U.S. A citizen led one of the suicide bombings in Syria today. Now, the way this has been confirmed, according to the Washington Post, is the Pentagon saw it on Twitter. And they believe the source to be credible on Twitter, so they are releasing that it was an American citizen. He has an Arabian name. I won't even begin to try to pronounce it. Was involved, an American citizen was involved in Syria, a homegrown terrorist. So now, isn't it interesting that that happens just a couple of days after this exchange with Lindsey Graham? And that the enemy is actively trying to penetrate our backyard, recruiting American citizens? Yes, an American citizen would be a very valuable asset to al-Qaeda. Is that correct? Extremely. Yeah, and they're up to, they're trying to recruit people in our backyard, just like every enemy has. Very quickly, uh, is General Petraeus still under investigation uh, regarding classified information? Isn't that a good question? Is General Petraeus still under investigation? Uh, After jogging or before? Information? Yeah, something else I can't comment on. Okay. Ah, I just thought that was a, just a peculiar kind of exchange. Yeah, kind of it, it is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Lindsey Graham, just being Lindsey. You know, you can't, you can't stop him from being Lindsey. He's so Lindsey. Uh, all right, I had, uh, I had one more thing I wanted to play before we got out of here, but I also thought maybe we'd uh, take a look at some of the top stories. Oh, Alan, I had a bit of feedback, too. Boy, we, we're going to have to cut something because we're not going to have enough time if we're going to get uh, this turned around in time to catch Brian tonight. Well, we, we, ha- we haven't had feedback in a while. Yeah, all right. I'll do the feedback then. Yeah. I'll do the feedback. Okay. And I don't, I, don't have it, I don't have one. I got one right here. I got oh, okay. I don't have so, it. So uh, this is pertaining to what I was talking about uh, happening on Monday, something new. Uh, this came in from Timothy J.B. Oh, oh. Look at that. Uh, Look at that. Uh, He says, Chris and Chase. Yeah. Keep talking about how great it would be for Unfiltered to do more frequently. When the new Jupiter Broadcasting Daily Show starts next week, maybe you should consider Unfiltered update segments. You know, Mm. I I don't know if I'm going to do a lot of this because I think it'll be more tech-focused. But I got to say, like this week, I might... You know, if I was doing the show this week, which I'm not, I mean, sometimes if something's really huge, like this True Crypt story, obviously I would be covering that in the Daily Show. And maybe the uh, Greenwald releases, depending on how big they are, I think would go in there kind of if that uh, spikes my interest. But really, I think uh, I, I'd eventually want to see Unfilter just hit that goal where we can do twice a week because I'd like to have f- a, a full show to really talk about this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, It'd be great. Uh, you know, if you're an Unfilter fan, I would encourage you to tune into the new uh, Daily Show. It's going to be called Tech Talk D- uh, Today. Tech Talk Today, TTT. TTs? TTs. Triple T's. And, uh, Wait, that's, uh, that's Total Recall, by the way. And you can join me live, jblive.tv, at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. I might be around on that. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Maybe. You uh, going to be available around 9? Uh, maybe we'll work somewhere. Yeah? Maybe. Maybe we'll talk a little more after the show. Yeah, maybe we we'll yeah, all right. So um, check the uh, check the Unfilter uh, supporter sync if you are a supporter. There is a great ABC clip about uh, the cyber threat. And the response to China really kind of uh, a wrap up of a lot of the latest stuff from what we talked about you, last week. You, you know, Chris. You hmm. know, another good place to go. I don't know if you're aware of this place. Probably not. I'm it's, pretty dense. It's it's one of those places where you can actually submit stories. You can actually contribute. If you can't even afford the Patreon, this thing is free and open to all. It's called the Unfilter subreddit, Chris. Oh! Unfilter.reddit.com. This is where you can vote stories and comment and contribute. Now, I didn't hit my goal the previous week. Oh, jeez, Jay. It does happen. 
However, I did make a prediction anyway. You did. I'm trying to find it right now. Here it is. Last week, you predicted uh, 13-10. We hit it by one! Really? Yes, 13-11. Nice. So I'm not going to go overreaching. I'm not going to go too high because I want to keep the streak going again. I need to restart the hitting streak. So 13-13. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I 13-13. Know. All right, it's in the red book, my friend. Yes. Now, Chris. Yes, sir. You announced your new uh, daily show. We also got How To Linux coming up. So we got a lot of great new announcements. People may want to be informed about these announcements as you go com slash Chris L-A-S, my Boom. friend. Don't delay. Go there right now and follow me. What about you? Are you on the Twitter? You I, should try I, it. I am on the Twitters. It's very good. I give everybody three more characters to read because my username is just just at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Boom. Yes. What about, uh, like, you know, additional content? Oh, Maybe I, a podcast Like Like gaming? Yeah. Like gaming? Yeah. Got a gaming, got Geek a Geekgamer.tv. Okay. You can go there right now. Okay. We just did a we did a, a thing for our patrons. We did a uh, Survivor Game special, so all the patrons were invited. They got nice. to play games. It's awesome. Geekgamer.tv if you want gaming and technology-driven content. Very, very good. Now, don't forget the Unfiltered Show is live. On a Wednesday, Five. go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get in your local time. And then you get yes. to help us name it, hang out in the chat room with us. And like today, I think we're going to stick around and stream the... Uh, oh, well, we won't be streaming it, but we, we'll be watching the Brian ones. Yeah, cough, yeah, cough, because, cough. because that's uh, illegal. But guess what, you guys? Next week is episode 100. Woo! So make sure that you are here. Tell all your friends and family to join us next Wednesday. Right back here, because you know why. Oh. It's the big show next week. week.